Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of How to Fairy Tale. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Representative David Williams. And you might be thinking, wait, why do they have a politician on here? This isn't a political podcast. And you're absolutely right. It's not meant to be a political podcast. But we wanted to make sure a couple things. Number one, that we were engaging with people at all different levels of society, um, in the arts, um, police officers, politicians, uh, people that were in the background in their company, people that own their own company, people that have corporate jobs. Uh, because everyone has a different um, different idea of what their fairy tale is going to be. And we wanted to make sure to give you ideas and try to hit close to what yours might be so you could figure out some ways to get there. And so we definitely wanted to interview a politician. And one of the things we talked about today with Representative David Williams is how to make sure we're engaging with people and how to engage with people or should we engage with people that think differently than we do very, very differently and are from one side of the political spectrum that is different than ours. And so we really hope that you'll have a chance to listen today with an open mind uh, and really uh, enjoy what uh, Representative David Williams was saying. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with him on everything. Uh, I've been reading a book lately from someone named Monica Guzman, who's on the other end of the political spectrum than Representative David Williams. And her book is called I Never Thought of It That Way. And she discusses in there having intuit moments or I never thought of it that way moments where you deeply uh, and humanly listen to someone that you may or may not agree with um, or might really disagree with. And you try to stay curious about why they think the way that they do. And I think that's really important in life to just go ahead and surround yourself with people that do think differently than you. There's no better way to have an open mind and to really experience all that life has to offer than surround yourself with people who speak a different language, who think very differently, who come from a different religion or different background, um, different, just anything different than you. It can really, really be helpful to grow yourself and potentially you can pour into their life as well. And that doesn't mean you're going to walk away always agreeing with them. So um, we really, really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you're able to listen to it with an open mind, even if you completely disagree with some of the things that Representative David Williams might uh, think. Thanks so much. I think that it's about people, perseverance, discipline, you know, always being positive, always being thankful to be able to do what we have done. She's life. Maybe I'll leave. Give it your full heart. It's just the hero's journey. This is out of fairy tale. Welcome back to the How to Fairy Tale podcast. I'm here today with Representative David Williams. Um, he's a state representative in Colorado. Um, thank you so much, David, for being here today. Uh, of course, my uh, amazing wife, Miranda Fair, is here as well. And we just wanted to hear a little bit about uh, Dave's, uh, David's dream of getting into politics, what that looked like. And uh, I had the chance to interact a little bit with him before uh, his success now, but um, back at uh, the University of Colorado. And so kind of wanted to maybe walk through that beginning stage and uh, what got you into politics. So David, thank you so much for being here. And just out of curiosity, because politics can be such a divisive thing today, uh, right? Is, is that something you always wanted to get into? Or did that just sort of like, one day you're like, I got to, this is how I want to affect change? Or was this like little kid David wanted to do it? You know, I, um, I don't, I don't think I had any sort of uh, mapped out plans or anything like that. Um, I, you know, I, I went to college originally to, cause I thought I wanted to be an, uh, an attorney. I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. Um, and that's why I got my political science, uh, degree. Um, but you know, after four or five years in college, you're kind of like, man, I'm done with this. I don't want to keep doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I abandoned my plan of becoming an attorney cause that would be another three years of, of, um, of college 
and I probably would have had to go somewhere else. I really liked Colorado and I was just done with it. I wanted to get into the real world and live life and work and do all that. So I didn't necessarily have any plans to get into politics. Um, there's a lot of political science majors that I talk to that that kind of light up when they figure out that I'm elected. And I always have to tell them, no, 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 that, that was that's coincidence, right? It, <laughs> my political science degree did not help me get elected. Um, in fact, that's that's just that that's that there are many other degrees that uh, would probably be a, a better fit for for the work that I'm doing now. Uh, but the reason I got that degree was because I thought I wanted to be an attorney and that's not uh, that's not how it shook out. But in terms of uh, running for office, um, I always I was always interested in politics. I wanted to um, make a difference. I mean, that's I, that's more or less why I think any any anyone good anyway gets into politics is because they want to they want to serve others. They want to help uh, make life a little bit better uh, than than how they came into it. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting point. And I'll say I having got a chance to sit down with you a few times outside of uh, today, you always did seem to have this drive. I remember sitting at my dad's coffee shop and you saying, hey, yeah. like, how could we help small businesses? What would be some ways we could do that? And regardless of uh, of whether someone's Democrat, Libertarian, Republican, do you have anything that you've said that you've noticed that's like these are the people that really seem to be able to affect change in their their respective districts like what is that sure sure i'd say probably the the common the common thread or, or uh that makes i think a good politician is uh someone who has you know character someone who has yeah. integrity for sure i know that sounds kind of cliche but if you get into politics you'll find a lot of people don't have integrity <laughs> even though they campaign on that um the other interesting common thread is um is uh people who don't actually want to run for office or have political mm -hmm. power, those are the ones you really want running uh, mm -hmm. the government. Um, and you know, I I remember when I first um, got into uh, campaigning and all that. Uh, aside from you know our our days in college, um, but for for a real my state representative seat, I was uh, I was approached. I was approached and asked, hey what do you think about running? And I, I told him, no, I don't want to, I don't want to run for office. Um, I had an interest and that's why I, I volunteered for causes and candidates. Uh, and that's how I got known in the political world uh, locally. And through that, you know, people are like, Hey, you should run. And it's an interesting thing. How, how quickly you can, um, sort of climb the ladder if you just start volunteering if you just start helping out on whatever cause or candidates that you believe in um you can you can really go far and, and it, it sort of makes sense because a lot of people they kind of don't want to get involved in politics because they they think it's i don't know dirty or or that it can be uh rough and tumble and um, I, I suspect that's why we have a lot of problems in our country uh, is because all, all the good all the good folks want to just, you know, raise their families. They want to they want to go pursue their dreams, uh, start a business, um, go cure cancer. Right. These are the people we want running our country, but they stay away from from government. It's, sure. a, it's quite the irony. Yeah, that is yeah. that is really interesting. So when you talk, I'm hearing a lot of humility. You're talking about integrity and um, 
things like that. How do you stay humble in an environment where you, you know, you do have a, a lot of power to make decisions and, you know, sometimes that can kind of get to the people's heads around you. How do you stay humble in that environment? Well, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that can help um, sort of mitigate sort of the uh, seduction of power. Cause there, there, there is. Um, I remember when I first got elected um you know it, it was like drinking out of a fire hose of all the information all the things and all the people that you need to know but one of the things that stood out um to me was, were the amount of folks that all of a sudden wanted to be your friends um mm. wow. you know, they call you up they they flatter you they say you know all sorts of things about how you're great and wonderful and if you're not careful yeah that will go to your head i i remember mm. you know immediately getting campaign donations from people I didn't even know, um, in, in invites to junkets or parties that were being thrown. Um, you know, so there is an environment. They do try to surround you and create this bubble around uh, people that are elected. And I, I assume it's it's worse in Washington, D.C., but it, it's mm -hmm. certainly experienced in, in Denver where uh, they try to wine and dine you. They try to make you feel so good about, you know, being someone who's important. Um, and the real purpose of that is so that they can influence you to make decisions that are aligned with whatever their interests are. And so one of the things before I um, got elected, my wife made me promise. It turned out to be one of the best things, by the way. But my wife made me promise that um, no matter what, that I would commute uh, home every night. Mm -hmm. That I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't stay in that environment. Wow. And I agreed to it, uh, mainly because I don't like Denver. That was really my right. motive. <laughs> I really do not like Denver. Um, I live in Colorado Springs for a reason, not Denver. Um, so it was an easy yes for me. But I, through the six years that I've been doing it, I've, I've come to realize that it was a really good idea because I'm a firm believer that um, bad company does corrupt good character. Mm -hmm. But when you're in an environment like that, where they want you to sell out and they want you mm -hmm. to do things that are not in the interest of, uh, of the people you represent or in line with your principles, um, then yeah, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be susceptible. We're all humans. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there's no way around it. I mean, there's so many people that have the best of intentions, but then they, they get into a position of power and they, they don't follow through on what they had committed to originally. And so mm -hmm. I commuted home every night, except for, you know, when it was inclement weather, like blizzards. Right. And, you know. Which um, is a thing in Colorado. Yeah, where, yeah it can happen. Um, or late, late nights. So I, I remember we uh, many times we'll both we'll debate on issues, you know, well into, you know, 5 a.m. Right. Mm -hmm. and, wow you know 24 hour debate like those so wow. in those instances i'll go sleep on my couch in the office but but yeah i came home uh, every night and it was it was wonderful to get out of that environment because mm -hmm. it, that's not normal what what you have up at the capitol um where people are are they again they're paid they get paid thousands of dollars to make you feel you know more important than you actually are that's not life. That's not what uh, anyone else experiences. I remember you know, when I first got elected, I was joking around with my wife. Man, they'll they they have staff in the Capitol that will get me coffee whenever I want, or who will, they'll get me a, they'll 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 get me newspapers and deliver it to my desk and say, "What else do you want, representative?" Um, it was such a weird experience uh, because yeah. I'm not I'm not used to that. Sure. Um, 
And so when I came home, it was good to be surrounded by my loved ones, my family, and mm-hmm. also to be reminded of my district, right? I mean, I, I live in my community, in my neighborhood, hmm. and it was a constant reminder of why I was up there and, and who I was fighting for. Hmm. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. Now, just an, an interesting a question I have. So if, if you go back to uh, when I first met you in college, <laughs> we're at the University of Colorado together, can you, uh, there was quite a bit of uh, just a lot of turmoil about a few particular decisions. So can you kind of lay out what happened um, just real quickly, kind of bullet point it and just to fill everyone in. And then I want to ask you some questions about how you dealt yeah, with it. Yeah, you, you bet. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a controversy when I was a student body president at, um, at our university. And it, it stemmed from the fact that there was a, there was a group that wanted funding for their, um, for their coming out day um celebration and you know i as a student body president we were i was tasked along with uh other student uh, elected uh, officials to uh, manage the funds of uh, the student fees and 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 dish them out um equitably and and accordingly however my my faith um that i have uh, sort of precluded me from wanting to be involved in in their celebration so i i was sort of s- in this conundrum where I couldn't, I couldn't deny them the funds because they're entitled to those funds. Uh, but I also didn't want to be a part of what they were doing just because of my religious background and my faith. And so I decided to do nothing. And then I explained to everyone why I did nothing. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> right? I thought it was a, I thought it was a good sort of live and let live decision. Right. I thought it was a, it was a way to show, okay, well, you know, go do what you want to do. Just, you know, leave me out of it. God bless. Right. That was sort of what I did. Now I will say that I'm, you know, that was a while ago, right. That was back in 2008 at nine timeframe. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure I, I'm sure I was a little bit more, um, less diplomatic in my, in my approach back then. Cause I was younger and less mature, but that more or less, that was, that was what happened. I was do what you want to do. Leave me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the resolution passes anyways within three days yeah. or so, if I remember correctly. So yeah, if your exactly. is not on it, they get the funding anyways. Yeah, they got it. And they were not they were not hampered. They they got it in a timely fashion. It's just, it does not there was there was no issue. The issue was I didn't agree with them and they mm-hmm. they were upset about that. And you know, they they had probably never experienced that before. They all mm-hmm. these groups have had probably had a student uh, executive uh, come around and and just rubber stamp whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. That was different, and so I I suspect they were they were personally offended that it would even be a discussion. But for me, it it, mm-hmm. it was. I didn't I didn't want to violate my faith. Hmm. So and then just to kind of lay out what happened from my perspective, I'm working at the newspaper at the, at the time, so it was mm-hmm. great great coverage for us. I mean, you provided us with a lot of ample, like <laughs> there was a lot of things we could say because people were mad. There was, there was a lot of things happening. Um, the chancellor of the school got involved and she said some things and uh, right. the attorney, it was just, I mean, it was, it made national news. It was a really big, it yeah. was a big deal to, to us. You know, it seemed like it for sure. Um, and I remember things getting pretty heated when they tried to impeach you um, yeah. and several things like, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened. How do you, in that environment, I'm sure there's some things in current politics, maybe not as small, quote unquote, but still people got very personally uh, involved with what they're doing. And that's probably for good reason. Like you said, they're hopefully that they care about what they're doing and you guys might have very ideologically opposed views. 
how did you deal with it then? And how do you deal with it now? And looking at our society, how do you think the best way to deal with things that we're passionate about, but passionately disagree about? How, how, do, how, do you, how did you deal with that? And how, do, how should we deal with it? Well, it was certainly a trial by fire, right? I, sure. I mean, I never really experienced anything like that before. Um, and again, I thought I was making an okay decision. Like, okay, you, you get your money. Just, I don't right. want to be part of it, right? I thought that was fine. Apparently it wasn't. Um, so it, it was, it was interesting, right? I mean, cause I, on top of being in that situation, I also had to, you know, be in college. I still had to right. study. <laughs> I still had to do uh, the assignments and, and, and get through all that. And then what, what I don't think a lot, I don't know if it was reported on or, or not, uh, through the scribe, but, um, I, I remember that there was a very real threat that I could have been kicked out of, uh, out of college. I think it was, wow. um, considered potentially a violation of the code of conduct. Um, okay. So that, I mean, that's why, that's why I, I, I had felt I needed to get an attorney. Um, thankfully there were, uh, Christian organizations that were willing to, uh, represent me at that time or ever. I mean, it's just, you know, religious liberty, freedom type stuff, mm-hmm. but they, um, they helped me kind of handled sort of the the legal stuff of it but i still had to deal with the emotional physical uh strain and stress of it all and that was tough i mean it was really a good crash course in 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 uh crisis management and stress management mm-hmm. um i had to learn to not focus on sort of the negative um aspects of it where people are just being mean and nasty to you and wishing I mean, I don't want to say death. I'm sure people did did wish death upon me, but it was there were a lot of hate, there was a lot of hate coming my way mm-hmm. through mail, email, you know, just through the public discourse. And you kind of have to learn to let that roll off your back if you're going to mm-hmm. be in politics. And um, I tell folks that uh, politics is a full contact sport. So whether whether it was me back then or or me right now, I, I've had to learn to have thick skin and and it. De- politics especially in my position if if you allow it it will allow you to develop patience for folks Hmm. um even even those that you disagree with and and maybe not even like um because you still have to work with folks in order to make things happen um and so i found that the best way to move forward um on on policy issues is to more or less compartmentalize um Hmm what you agree on and what you disagree on. There are plenty of Democrats that I've passed bills with in the state legislature that I disagree 99% um, of the time on. Um, But there are instances where we do have an agreement. And so we kind of put us, put aside our differences and we focus on, you know, um, accomplishing what we can agree on. And um, I think you have to do that, uh, especially when it's, when it's so obvious. uh, an issue. Uh, for instance, uh, we, we passed a bill in 2018, uh, having to deal with, uh, the issue of squatters. There are plenty of folks who will just occupy your home. If you go on a vacation or if you're deployed very mm. personnel, they'll just come into your home and take it over. And, you know, we had to, we had to figure out how to, how to accomplish that problem. Um, and Republicans and Democrats will kind of approach it from a different, um, angle uh but i think for the most part we all agreed conceptually that yeah people shouldn't be able to steal a home from someone mm-hmm. else. 
So when yeah. you start to find that common ground, you can kind of work towards a solution or a set of solutions that, that gets you to some sort of policy agreement. That's really interesting. Um, you mentioned a little while back that it wasn't your poli-sci degree that got you elected. And I know, um, you know, if you were being asked to to run, you're probably starting out, you know, at, at square one. And um, so what was it? Was it just a lot of hard work or, um, you know, how did you kind yeah, of- Yeah, you, you know, the number one, I think, thing to success, if you want to run for office, the number one thing mm-hmm. that you need is authenticity. You need to be mm-hmm. You need to be real with people. Mm-hmm. Um, people have a really good BS meter, right? They mm-hmm. they they know if you're if you're not being straight with them. And so early on, I was like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to be phony. I don't want to, I don't want to have to be someone different in public than I am in private. It's just this mm-hmm. is who you, who you see is what you get. And mm-hmm. I I think that's been one of the best things that you know, um, that I've done. And that's what I'd recommend for anyone that's not only running for running in, in, in politics, uh, but also in any other area. I mean, ultimately people want to be able to trust who Mm -hmm. they're dealing with or who they're interacting with. And if you don't have that trust, you're not going to go far. And so I've, I've always said, if you're going to run for office, don't try to be all things to all people, Hmm. just where you're at, let them know that you care about them. And, and they'll, they'll more or less um, consider you. I mean, they may not vote for you at the end mm-hmm. of the day, but they'll really give you a, a close, hard look. I always tell people this interesting um, a scenario that I that I found myself in. I'm a I'm a um, I'm a Republican in Colorado Springs, and, and Paul will certainly understand this uh, being from Colorado. But I remember when I fought on um, a particular issue involving uh, vaccinations, and this was before COVID, so this was before people were really paying attention to it. But I ultimately said, look, it should be a choice, right? Anyone should have the freedom to do what they want to do uh, with respect to medications or healthcare uh, in their, in their body. There, there is bodily autonomy that we should, uh, we should respect. And I fought for that in the state legislature. And surprisingly, Democrats were against uh, sort of the policy solution that I, that I had put forward. But what's what's even more interesting about it is that your um, your regular Democrat um, voter who isn't elected doesn't necessarily agree with what those those guys did. So I remember being in committee and I had a a supporter of mine from Boulder who was a who was a Democrat and a lesbian. And she came and testified, you know, for my bill. And she she pointed at the Democrats and said, I can't believe that you made me uh, a, a bolder Democrat lesbian come down here and support a right wing <laughs> Christian conservative <laughs> yeah. on his bills. You made me support this guy. Shame on you. Right. She was she was surprised <laughs> that we could even find common ground. And so I always mm-hmm. tell folks. Uh, that story because it shows that people they don't demand a hundred percent conformity they don't demand that you agree with them all the time they just want to make sure that you're um you're you're going to care about them you're going to put mm-hmm. their issues their needs their their problems before anyone else's um and by anyone i mean special interest or your own mm-hmm. or what you would typically find um abhorrent in politics, right? People just want to know that you, you're going to look after them and be straight with them. If you're going to be real with them, 
uh, they'll tolerate a lot of disagreement. Awesome. So if if I ask a quick question about that, if I I was on my LinkedIn uh, this morning, and this will probably this won't come out right now, but later it will be. Uh, this happens to be the week when you know this Roe versus Wade decision to reverse the Dobbs decision came down from the Supreme Court to reverse the Roe versus Wade decision. And so I'm looking on my LinkedIn, which is typically you know very businessy, and people are talking about being a sales representative or being a manager and how to be a good manager. But it's just full of, of political stuff right now. Which, to your point, a lot of people tend to stay away from that are not in that world. But this week, everyone seems to be. Mm-hmm giving their opinion. And one of the main things that I saw, which I thought was interesting was saying, please delete me as a friend if you believe X, right? Like, um, and I was like, that's so weird. Cause like, I remember being in college and like, I specifically surrounded myself with friends. Very few of them actually agreed with me on anything. Yeah. Um, we were all very opposed because I thought it was necessary to hear what someone who disagreed with me thought. I honestly, I was like, I can get people to agree with me all day and then I'm not going to get challenged at all. Right. Um, and so I find it interesting you tell, tell the story of you and someone who's probably diametrically opposed in a lot of ways, ideologically, right. but yet you're able to find common ground. What do you think in terms of what people can do outside of politics in their everyday workplace, when pol- political issues, they, people can't help get away from them, like the Dobbs decision. Like they just, it's going to affect their life probably one way or the other. And, and almost everyone feels like they have to have an opinion about it. So how do we maintain our friendships and like engage with people that we disagree with, as opposed to saying, if you disagree with me, you know, live in your side of the social media sphere and I'll live in mine. Like mm-hmm. how do we engage with that and be friends when we really, really seriously disagree with them? Hmm. Well, I mean, I I think it starts with people not making politics, you know, the the most important thing in their lives, right? I um, I mean, think think about it from this perspective. A lot of the innovation in this in our society in this world, a lot of the progress that we've we've seen hasn't necessarily come from government. Um, governments usually it's it's usually of uh, you know two steps behind, right? Whatever some someone you know accomplished right i mean look at look at steve jobs and and apple you know the guy revolutionized you know uh, uh how we interact and how we do things through creating the iphone right that was back in what 2006 2007 he he brought on the yeah. iphone the first iphone and since then we do everything on a smartphone i mean right. it, i mean i i know prior to that you had blackberries and whatnot but it was really you know, that innovation has led to so many different ways that, um, that people interact and, 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 and uh, engage with each other, whether it's through personal recreation or through business or through education. And, and then government kind of catches up. I don't, I don't know if you were familiar with it, but, um, the, the United States, uh, Senate had a, had a committee hearing with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and they were asking him about social media and they had no idea what, well, yeah, I saw they this. They were like, yeah. knew what it was. They were asking silly <laughs> questions, questions that were uninformed or had they had, I mean, you could tell that these, these, I mean, these guys are in their seventies, right? They don't, they don't know anything about what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Facebook or, or what Twitter's, you know, was done with Jack Dorsey at the time. Uh, so I say all that because government is not necessarily the driving force in, in how we um, progress as a society. It's usually, Interesting. Usually through through people in there, either through a charitable organizations or business business organizations, they're the ones usually charging and changing the culture. Um, yeah. So I, I always tell folks like, look, politics is not the most important thing. It shouldn't be. 
Um, it's, it's better that you try to figure out how to live your life in a way that is meaningful, pursue your own dreams. That's, I mean, that's at the foundation of our, of our, um, our country. It's in the declaration of independence, right? The pursuit of happiness, you know, what is, what is happiness to you? And, and ultimately our founders, you know, uh, I think correctly uh, surmise that, um, it's best left to individuals pursuing whatever it is they want to pursue and that will lead to uh, better outcomes for everyone uh, so if 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 people really want to end a friendship over politics then i would recommend that they they re-examine what their priorities are in life because i think really if you want to have a fulfilling life um there's you know a couple things that you can do uh one um make friends, make deep, meaningful yeah. friendships and relationships, because yeah. that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, you know, all, all we are going to be able to really reflect on, especially on our deathbed, are the experiences and the love that we experienced with um, those around us. And yeah. so develop relationships, number one. But um, number two, um, serve others. Um, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie, is it's a wonderful life. And what I love about It's a Wonderful Life is it's a departure from sort of the, the stories and the movies that you hear about uh, today, where most of the movies are self-centered, where the main character is pursuing their dreams, they're pursuing their passions, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think it sort of gets away from from what we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. as beings uh, with yeah. respect to one another. Whereas It's a Wonderful Life, you saw that George Bailey had to die to himself pretty mm -hmm. much every through every major event in his life he died to himself yeah. he wanted to go and travel the world he wanted to not have to worry about the savings and loans building and and the people in in the town and he didn't want to have to fight mr potter but he he had to you know the the situation yeah. the moment called for it and and through all that i mean he had to go through a lot of hell but at the end of the at the, at the end of the movie he realized he really had a great life because he loved his neighbor and served his community mm -hmm. and so that's really i think the focus that people should take on like you don't have to be in politics to serve your community you don't have to be in politics to better your community that's one way do it but there are many different ways where you can be a blessing to others and that's if you focus on that then you're going to go pretty far that's and the, so interesting. the interesting thing is about that is what you just said serving others and those around you and george bailey it doesn't have anything to do with how they respond to that mm -hmm. right so and i think that's really interesting when some you know i read all these things of like i don't want to be your friend if you believe x like delete me you can still be friends with somebody who doesn't even like you like there's there's no dependency on them reserving you to serve them, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. You can serve others. Sure, they might try to cut you out of their life, but it's really hard to resist people who are uh, who are kind to you repeatedly, mm -hmm. you know, and we can do that to people we disagree with, For whether sure. they want to do it or not. You know, we, we have control over that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that that's, uh, that's a really interesting point. Um, you know, just look, we talking about the sacrifices we have to make and go into doing something that we, that's not about us. We uh, talked to Nancy Grace the other day. She's in Waco. She, we asked her about, oh, you've started this amazing charter academy. Mm -hmm. We said, um, you know, when did you know that it was your dream to do something like this? And she said, um, it's not my dream. And that took us aback. But, um, you know, she was like, you know what? I just saw a need and I saw that I had to serve people. And um, that's what I, I did. So that really goes with what you were saying. Yeah, and we thought that was really interesting. It mm -hmm. wasn't a self. No, it wasn't a self. Either, 
there's a there's a there's a truth i mean you find it in scripture but we also mm-hmm. see it in other on other uh, value systems but it's better to it's better to give than to receive i mean mm-hmm. and we're not just talking about money i mean money can be a part of it but if you pour yourself into others you pour yourself into a worthy cause you know that that kind of makes this life worth it i mean this this life this life this is a tough life i know we're in america so we have first world problems i get that (laughs) but but if you go anywhere else on the planet i mean there's real suffering going on Mm -hmm. i mean we get upset when you know we get upset when we're stuck in traffic right but when you know try going to, to africa where they can't even you know get food or clean water or anything like that that's real suffering Mm -hmm. And, and so I would, I would say that this world is, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of bad that goes on. And so you kind of have to, you know, find ways to make it worth, worth the suffering, right? Yeah. That's why you look, you look for ways to serve others and, and maybe make life a little bit better uh, mm-hmm. than it was, you know, yesterday, or, or you, you, you know, develop relationships and you, you, you be a true friend uh, uh, to someone that you've, that you've, uh, developed that relationship with. I mean, these, these are, these are the things that people should really focus on. And I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, in this, in, especially in America, in this world, we kind of get caught up, um, sort of the materialistic, um, aspects of, of life where mm-hmm. we want, we want the, we want the best house or the best car. We want, you know, we want this, that, or the other. And, it really doesn't fulfill you. What fulfills you is is interacting in a in a positive way with with your fellow human being. Hmm. That's so good. That's so great, uh, Dave. Thank you so much. This has been like mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Uh, interestingly, today today is also election day, as you were just telling me uh, yeah. offline. So you're uh, thank you for taking time out of yeah. your day to to talk to us while I'm sure there's a lot of nervous hanging around watching the numbers kind of come in. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just it's great to hear someone try upholding character and integrity at least at least talking about it mm-hmm. when today's society is so ideologically opposed. Mm-hmm. You bet. And you know one one thing that I I would you know tell you so that especially your listeners can know it. There's this wonderful book. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence Others. Mm-hmm. It's by Dale Carnegie. It's an old book from, I think, the, the 30s or 40s, somewhere around there. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, we're talking about pursuing dreams and, and, and whatnot, right? And, and having your own fairy tale come to life. One of the best pieces of advice that's in that book, that's, I think, a universal truth, um, is that if you help others to achieve their dreams, they'll help you achieve yours. Mm-hmm. So, Again, the focus should be on others. If you focus on others, you're not going to have any problem achieving whatever it is uh, that's in your heart. Hmm. That's a great, yeah, that's a great comment. It's a great comment. Thank you so much, David. This has been fantastic. You bet. You bet. Thanks again. Take care. You've been listening to How to Fairy Tale. You can find all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay up with our show, suggest a guest, or ask us a question, we'd love to hear from you at our Instagram handle. Out of fairy tale. 